Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm not Michael Dow, and I'm here with with not John Roberts and Sue Timberflake. <laughs> It was not Michael Dow either. Yeah, there is a severe lack of Michael Dow on the air right now. Um, Really, if you think about it, like most people are not Michael Dow by like a very large degree. I've done research. Probably true. (laughs) Like most people, like in history, have not been Michael Dow. Um, It like by by like like I said by a like a large margin. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Mike is on maybe vacation a, this week. <laughs> um, maybe he is a data re- point of one. <laughs> a data point. I mean, there are other people named Michael Dow in the world, but, but not enough to Michael really, Dow. what? Oh, I mean, nobody can be our Michael Dow. He is, he is inscrutable in his being. So, um, <laughs> Mike is on vacation, uh, in, um, in, in sunny, Mexico, I think, uh, visiting. Um, what I heard. Yeah, he's in. He's in Mexico visiting his his uh, friend and um, his friend Samantha, who I call Samantha, and uh, we hope he's having a grand old time. Uh, but if you want to have a grand old time, well, what what was that? I was just trying to segue like Mike did. Oh, well, sorry, I screwed up your segue. Well, oh, I, I would have screwed it up he- anyway. What what were you saying? <laughs> I, I hope he's not getting a medical procedure like those four Americans who ran into trouble. In uh, I think he's in a different part of Mexico, right? He's, I think he's, he's fine. Or I don't think he'll be in near the cartels. Like, I don't think he's in cartel controlled area. Uh, cartel controlled area. Um, yeah, I don't think that. I think he's fine. I think he'll be fine. You know. <laughs> yeah, he'll come back with he'll come back with stories. But yeah, okay. Yeah, it's stories. Anyway, if you want to have come back with stories, I don't know, uh, then you can get in contact with us in a few different ways. Um, first, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Civil Politics FM. Uh, we don't post a ton there, but you can DM us. The DMs are open uh, when when you're. Sorry, hold on. Let me let me do that again because my alert like beeped okay so you can contact us in a wait okay so if you want to have a grand old time or whatever i don't know i have no idea then you can contact us in a few different ways you can uh you can follow us on twitter uh at civil politics fm our dms are open so if you have any questions or comments you can send them there you can follow us on um Facebook, facebook.com slash civil politics radio. Uh, both Facebook and Twitter, we actually post when the show goes live on our website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. And there you'll be able to find different uh, 
different shows like past shows over the past uh, many, many years that we've been doing this and civil politics supplementals, which are web only special conversations that we record sometimes. And finally, you can always email us. That is contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Now, um, we we were talking before the, the show, me and Sue, and uh, we were thinking that we would we would kind of focus on one topic, see how long that plays out, um, and uh, and see where it goes. So, Sue, what were we going? What was the topic of the week? Well, it seems it seems to be you know sort of the banks and the banking system and whether you know sort of what's going on at the moment. There's a lot of there's there's one big bank that that failed, and it's the second largest bank that's failed in the last. 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, but there's a, another little bank and a couple of other banks that are in trouble. And um, people are spending a lot of time trying to reassure everybody that there's no problem, no deeper problem with the banking system because uh-huh. everybody remembers 2008. But it's the Silicon Valley Bank that really, um, it's a real, it's, it's, I think it's a $260 billion bank. And it's that's the, it's the main big. bank for civil, Silicon Valley, like a, like most tech companies or a lot of tech companies at the very least kept their money in that bank. Um, it's an investment bank, by the way. It's not just a savings bank. It is an investment bank. Um, but yeah, a lot of Silicon Valley like tech companies um, kept a lot of money in Silicon Valley Bank. And uh, yeah, yeah, they, it ran into some trouble, didn't it? <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting because the FDIC mm-hmm. um, uh, insures them. And, you know, they've always been really conservative and careful and had enough money to get through 2008, the FDIC. Mm-hmm. So um, people that had money over $250,000, that is, was not insured. But the federal government stepped in to cover the depositors, not the stockholders, not the officers of the bank, but the actual depositors, and basically guaranteed it, even though... It was not behaving well. It it actually broke a lot of fundamental banking rules. Oh wow! And, but it was too big to fail. Ugh, right? God, I hate that phrase. They, I think were, we all they, do at this point. Not, and there's only four big banks that were all consolidated. So what are people doing? People are moving their money to those other four banks that are guaranteed by the mm-hmm. federal government as too big to fail. But they have other capital requirements, and this bank. I think you said it. They lobbied to get out from under some of those other regulations that, you know, they took yeah. them off some of the lo- little local banks because it was just crazy. You couldn't you couldn't survive as a bank and do some of the really in- incredible regulatory things. But this bank was supposed to be covered and they, they themselves lobbied uh, to, to get um, they're called regional banks out from under the regulations. So they kind of. You know, and and this particular bank, only the Federal um, Reserve has control over them. Sometimes state banks are state chartered or federally chartered, and there's mm-hmm. other regulators. These guys, the only regulators were federal, and the feds missed all the earmarks of a failure. I mean, they well, had no idea until Thursday when the run happened. Let's, um, let's back up for a second and just define a, a couple things. Uh, FDIC is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And for anybody that doesn't know, like when you go into your bank, it says FDIC insured. And that means that 
Normally, it means that um, if if there's an issue with the bank, if the bank fails or something, the federal government will guarantee that you will that you will get at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars or up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars of your deposit in that bank. Like that's how much is definitely insured. Um, anything above that, you might not get. <laughs> like that is yeah. not guaranteed. Um, and that's what happened during the 2008 crisis. People mm-hmm. got, you know, I think it was Mutual of Omaha. No, it was Washington Mutual. I forget the bank, one of the the faceplate banks that went yeah. under, but they got 60 cents on the dollar for everything over 250000 Exactly. And then the feds raised the insurance rate for the last couple of years. It's been 500 and it just went back to 250 it's oh. like we were out of the woods. Yeah, because the F and they had to set their rates to cover that. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it's insurance. So they, you know, up their rates, but they just went back to 250, I think, uh, a year and a half ago, two years so ago. So that's two, $250 mm-hmm. per depositor um, yes. at, at, at your if, bank, right? Is that it? Well, and I don't know if it's per account or per depositor. I actually don't know it's the answer. It's probably per to that. account. It's probably yeah. per account. Like, so if you have like multiple checking accounts, because for each account, if you have $250,000 in each account, then they'll, then those will be probably covered. But the other thing that we should mention is after 2008, um, the Obama administration introduced a lot of reforms for banking. Uh, and one of them include was a requirement that banks uh, conduct stress tests on their systems and oh, yeah, uh, and that. what they did. So the stress test would basically show like it would be a it would be a simulated run or a simulated um failure of the bank uh or just to see where the holes were in their processes, uh processes, processes. And now and during the Trump administration, those rules were relaxed. So a lot of banks, like it wasn't compelling. They they weren't compelled. They can do it voluntarily. I believe that happened during the tax bill, the budget bill. I think that they passed or um, that right big tax thing. Yep. The, the 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 big tax thing in two, 2017. Like they changed a lot of banking rules, relaxed a lot of banking rules, and apparently, um, Silicon Valley Bank was one of the banks that were lobbying to keep to to remove that requirement so um as i said uh before when we weren't uh, recording they they screwed around and they found out that's they found (laughs) out The bank the, uh, officers did, but good the, job. Folks that have, the folks that had all their money in there, especially the folks that um, they parked their money there, some of the uh, venture capitalist companies, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that got wind of it and called, they all called their friends, told them to take their money out. I, think I they mean, got understandable. I mean, hey, I call my really... friends. I'd say so-and-so. I, I would hope you would like if 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 one of the local banks, I'm not going to name any banks because I like yeah. all the banks that I that I do business with. But if one of the local banks was like going under and you found out, I would hope you would like shoot me a text or something like give me a call <laughs> and say, hey, by the way, I do it 
verbally because then there's no record of <laughs> you know you're not an officer in the bank though you're just a customer what if you just overheard something like you're not uh, yeah. you're not like legally required to do anything you're just a, you're just a person so if you like were in line let's say and the the manager was like whispering something to like an assistant manager she's like oh my god the bank is failing right now i have to get out of town <laughs> i have a suitcase full of money and i'm going to guadalajara all right so um, cover for me and then you'd be like i need uh -oh. to call genre and all of my friends who bank here and my, yep, my money. we'll just figure out a phone tree or something um <laughs> i would hope that you would do that but like the thing is that these people they weren't just taking out like hundreds or thousands of dollars. They were taking out millions and billions of dollars, yep. which sixty-two billion. Oh one my day. god! Thursday, <laughs> Wednesday, to, Wednesday night to Thursday. I think um, late afternoon, sixty-two billion dollars. Which of course folded it. I can't even think like, about like how much money that is. Honestly, uh, that's an insane well, amount the, of money. Give me some of the money. Movie where what? it's the famous movie that um it's an old time movie about um it's a wonderful life or something i was literally fail. just thinking about it's a wonderful life <laughs> when i was doing the opening i was like should i make it a wonderful life joke <laughs> nah that's that's beneath me and it really wasn't i was going to make that joke so please continue <laughs> <laughs> well it's just you know the money that you put in the bank they they use it i mean that's mm -hmm. what they do and uh, this bank, from what I understand, had it all in U.S. Treasuries, which don't pay very much interest. So mm. when the Fed started, this is the other cause that I've heard. Mm. When the Fed started raising the, the basic the discount rate at the you know at the discount desk, when they changed when they raised the rate, the Fed you know trying to slow down the economy a little bit, these guys were hanging out there because the, the Treasuries don't pay as much as they were being charged, so they were losing money, which is. It's because they bought 10-year treasuries, so they figured it was going to be more stable than it was. Then the Fed start raising the rates. So the allegation is there may be a few other banks out there that are, you know, were being just as, you know, they were slow to catch on to what the Fed was doing, even though we all know they've been raising, you know, 25 basis points, 50 basis yeah. points every other couple of weeks here. So the, one of the questions, too, is, is the Fed going to continue and keep raising? Or are they going to take this into account? that some banks may be, you know, they're, they're, they do what they do, but they aren't paying attention to the spread between the two interest rates. And you can't be in banking if you, that's, that's job one is to pay attention yeah. to what your deposits are versus your, you know, so, even, even in a, even in a savings bank, like just again, like we, most of our listeners are going to be banking at like smaller banks, even if they're not savings banks, like, uh, Florence Bank is no longer just a savings bank. It's a it does like investing. Commercial or now, yeah, it's commercial yep. now. So, but what they do is they take like you deposit money, and it doesn't just sit there. They use that to do loans and mortgages, or 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 um when someone else takes out a ton of money, then they use that. And but they're supposed to keep uh, an amount of money like available. For everybody just to to make sure that everybody doesn't can Capital take out reserve. money exactly yep. 
So And they changed those numbers during 2008. They upped them. How yeah. much capital reserves you need given on your size and and whether you're regional or not. Yeah, that was part of those reserve mm-hmm. rules that got got loose. I mean, this is this is the issue that that um that they've run into now. Like we we had some very strict and very clear cut banking regulations, like for a very long time. Like, um, what is it? Glass Siegel. Siegel. Glass I was Siegel. right. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this. This is going out to in the public. I think everybody <laughs> should remember this day that I remembered what the actual law was called. But it's like it had a delineation between savings and investing and they and they had different rules and everything and then they took that away um and then 2008 basically happened you know like uh and then they put back some of the rules and things you know settled down and so then in 2017 they're like things are fine let's just take the remove the the thing again Gee, I wonder what happens when you remove like guardrails, you know, because there hasn't been an accident for a while since we've had the guardrails. So we should remove the guardrails. Well, I I heard a piece where they were saying the two years before 2008, there Mm -hmm. wasn't a bank failure. Usually there's, you know, one or two all over the country. Mm -hmm. And when they remove the regulations that force the failures of the ones, you know, force them to recapitalize or whatever, you know, whatever it forces them to do. Right. So guess when the last time is that we had two years with no bank failures. When's that? The last two, last two years. So it happened before 2008 and now it just happened again in 21 and 22. So, you know, you want a few failures. It, it, it basically disciplines the banking industry. Really, no, you, you don't. It, it's sort of like you have to shoot a hostage once in a while. Um, the the other bank I just um, was looking, you know, there was so, uh, not Sovereign Bank. Uh, it's a S Bank failed at the same time as Silicon Valley Bank. I can't think of it. it's a New York bank. So they dealt with that also, you know, the Federal Reserve and Treasury. But the bank that failed um, this week later uh, is First Republic Bank. I don't know what city it's in. I think it might be New York. Signature bank. bank. Signature was the one that went with yeah. Silicon Valley, another S Bank. The FDIC um, has a list that like has a whole page called failed bank list. I will put it on the website, by the way, and oh, in the cool. show notes. It's just, and it, you can you can uh, sort it by bank name, by city, by state, by uh, closing date. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is this is I love it when when the government just puts information on online like this. Like yeah, they like they, these these banks. Like if you fail, yeah, you should go on a list. You should go on a list that everybody can see. So I will put that on the website. And they usually get bought out. They sell the bank to somebody else, you know, pennies on the dollar, and they do all that. I just wanted to say something. You know how we were talking about savings banks Mm -hmm. that are different? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, cooperative banks are different, and um, credit unions are different. credit unions, yes. Savings banks are insured by SLIC, S. S is in Sam L I C, mm-hmm. and it's just the same insurance. It's just for saving banks because they have different requirements. The money's not supposed to be quite as um, fluid as a regular bank. So. Right. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Repu- 
Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, so First Republic Bank that failed uh, today, um, or this week, actually. I don't know if it was today. Um, yeah. 11 big banks put in $30 billion, so they're buying it out. Wow. And that's a lot of money. I mean, that's uh, not 260 like silicone, but yeah, $30 billion. So... And and they're doing that. The Treasury and Fed worked on them to do that, so they knew they were in trouble when this was all going down over the weekend. But people on Monday got their money. The depositors, you know, all the, everybody could make payroll and stuff. Well, that's and, good. You, you know, At they least. hustled to put, put that together. Yeah. But it it is an interesting thing. I was asking you before we went on the air, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were talking about freedom of speech the other day, but I I'm wondering... You know, in the world of Twitter, things move really fast now. Mm-hmm. And when I think of freedom of speech, I always go back to that, you know, yelling fire in a crowded theater and, and your obligation to consider the implications of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the big um, depositors at Silicon Valley Bank, one of them got wind of it on Wednesday night and they called <laughs> all their friends. Right. And mm-hmm. they all pulled out. That's why they pulled out 62 billion in a day, because, you know, it was all the big tech companies that took their money out. Yep. Um, do you think there's an obligation, you know, like Martha Stewart went to jail for being insider trading. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's some obligation of people not to run a bank? Run, make a run on a bank. Like oh, that. you mean I, I thought I thought you were like some obligation for people just not to run a bank, like own or like oh. operate a bank. Like, yes, yeah, some no, people should it. not operate banks. I totally agree with that. Probably people that made banks fail. I think they should not run banks anymore. Those guys at Silicon Valley, they're saying they may go to jail because a bunch of them traded in their stock two days yeah. before this happened. Yeah, good. So they may, they good. may be. It may have been scheduled, but. It may not have been. It may have been. Yeah, the, yeah there's going to be an investigation. There's going to be multiple investigations about this and all the other failed banks and everything and how they how this happened. And it'll definitely come out at some point, probably probably in a few months, honestly, because yeah, figuring out what happened with with finances is just insanely uh, intricate, um, especially yeah. especially if, if if it's a banker that is trying to hide their money. That's like that's like a Indy 500 driver trying to get away from the cops. It's they're going to do it. <laughs> they know how to do it well and <laughs> they're going to be gone. So yeah. uh like they're experts and in their field which they're trying to to scam. So but it'll it, the 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 FDIC, the Federal Reserve like they have like very competent forensic accountants and they will I was figure just it out. say forensic accountant is what exactly. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of but your what? question, like, Oh, what were you well, going to say? Please. Well, I was just going to say on that same topic, wh- why did the federal regulators miss it? Cause they are the only regulator of this bank and they missed all the earmarks of, you know, their, their interest, not interest rate, not covering the spread. And, I mean, they, they there were a million signals, from what I understand, that were totally missed. I mean, they looked the other way. It's is it that they looked the other way, or that they didn't have enough eyes to begin with? I don't know. Like the SEC, 
they were yeah, supposed they, to they, police the um like trading and and stocks and everything and they have like four people you know like not that many but like they don't have enough people um especially in the way that finances work in the world now like the the addition of all of the IRS agents that we that we had like last year um like 87,000 oh, yeah. jobs not just IRS IRS agents they they had like support jobs and everything but still like the, all those people that are going to get hired those people are going to be able to catch more people that are cheating on their taxes because for decades we have not had enough IRS agents the the IRS has just been defunded more over and over and over again. And that's happened with yeah. basically every regulatory body, SEC, FDIC, like all these, all these things, like any time that someone Airlines, wants to save some money. Transportation. Exactly. All these yeah. government watchdogs that are supposed to protect the people, you know, like the, the FDA, you know, like, they don't have the funding. So maybe these regulators were just doing their best um, yeah. and they just missed it, you know? And this well, is why we we have to have like strict regulations on banks. And I know that you don't really like regulations, Sue, but I think we'll agree like <laughs> people's, yes. people's money. You need enough capital you know. reserves. Insurance companies need to be able to cover claims they can't exactly. spend the money like yeah there's this is the point rules yeah this nice is the fight. point of a bank you know and the it's really it's really it's really cruddy that um that this that this can happen like and and that we could allow like the government like our our elected representatives can allow the um the the banks to basically dictate like what they want to do you know they should be like no you're a bank you should have money for your for your people if you want to invest then have an investment arm that's separate shut up go yeah. ahead <laughs> you know i heard um we should return to the freedom of speech issue but i was just gonna say oh i forgot about that i'm sorry yeah <laughs> that's okay. no it's good it's good well you know you want to do that and then after the break i'll um I'll um, give the four things that they failed on because I did get a. I That'd did be great. Um, well, I, I'll give you. I'll give you my answer, and then we can take a break. And if you want to um, fight with me about it, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> no, the, if if uh, if a bank is about to fail and you don't work for the bank, and you know the bank is about to fail, then I don't think it should be an issue to tell your friends. Or the people that you know. You should shout up from the rooftops. Because the bank messed up. So. And in our society. That is completely built on capitalism. Like I don't like capitalism. But this is the system that we have right now. Oh, so right. You have to have knowledge. That, that you, have you know. To, so you know what you're buying. Exactly. Yep, that's right. That's part exactly. of the pillars of so capitalism. If it, like this is this is the world we live in. And we have to really accept that. We can work to change it. Which I'd like to do. Which I hope I help with in some small way. But this is the world we live in. We live in a capitalist society. We, our banks are basically unregulated, you know, in, in the, in the, in the, in the ways that count. So if, like I said, if you 
were in line at the bank and you heard the the bank manager saying like he's he's skipping town <laughs> because the bank is failing <laughs> then yeah tell me about it tell tell like tell put it on the news or something you know like like it, because when the bank fails then people are going to lose their livelihood you know um yep and i think the the thing the the last thing i'll say is i i like that the that money is federally insured up to $250,000 that is a good chunk of money because if a bank fails and you can only save $250,000 that means unless you're insanely rich that'll pay your bills you know like you're not going to most people that will be way more than they have in the bank especially today so yeah tell tell your friends that have like $500,000 to take out like 300,000 to you know because it's their money they shouldn't lose it because someone screwed yeah. up you know so and hopefully in the in the time that that happens and the, it sucks for the people that don't know anybody in the know but it's it's the only way they'll learn i guess the banks i mean <laughs> so i don't know i don't think that they that there should be any um bar of warning people that something bad is happening that's i think uh, unless it's going to cause like immediate harm like the whole like yelling fire to th- like if i yelled fire in a theater and people got trampled and died then that wouldn't be good but if i but yell yelled fire in a the theater so people know they, so they, right? don't, they don't get burned up <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, on that on that nice note, we're gonna take a break, uh, <laughs> play some um, promos and station IDs and PSAs to keep the FCC happy, and we'll be back in a moment with civil politics on Valley Free Radio, one hundred three point three FM. So don't go away. We will be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still not Michael Dow, and I'm still here with not Michael Dow and Michael Dow. Wait, we I'm have, Michael Dow? I thought I you're was Michael Dow. <laughs> Darn it. We were talking about how like how we both weren't Michael Dow and how most people weren't Michael Dow by a by a pretty large margin. Yeah, there's like it's eight billion to one, I think. So I mean yeah, that's pretty big. There are other people named Michael Dow. That's true. There's actually. only one. There's only one of our Michael Dow, and we all thank God for that. But welcome, and we're glad that you are uh, 
are mm-hmm. are not captured in by for trafficking meth in West Virginia. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> like, a small town or running a <laughs> bespoke investment firm in Silicon Valley. All you need to all you need to remember is when you're traveling back, don't like you have to be really careful not to get like hit in the gut too much or else that balloon will pop and that's not that's not healthy so um (laughs) so welcome welcome uh we were talking about uh silicon valley bank and banking in general and how you know it's dumb so sue uh how dumb was silicon valley well, I, I've got to give my dumb citation. Were they? <laughs> yeah, how dumb were they? How exactly? How dumb were they? Well, you know, they're a two hundred billion dollar bank out of twenty three trillion in the industry, so they're pretty Jesus. big. But they're regional bank. They're not, you know, top four, but they're pretty big. And this is from um, Steve uh, Leisman, and it actually was on Meet the Press. And uh, Sheila Baer, who used to be head of the FDIC, and Steve Leisman's a well-known economist and just a grandfather of, you know, some of the banking industry. So they listed the four things that Silicon Valley did wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that when um, when uh, interest rates started to rise because the um, feds were raising the discount rate at, uh, you know, the basic rate, right. uh, you know, twenty-five, fifty points at a time they didn't re- they didn't move to reduce their risk so they had long term treasury bonds so all of a sudden you know they were worth a lot less so they started selling them the second thing they did wrong is they um they concentrated in one industry which you guys have all heard both the borrowers and the depositors were all in the tech industry or mostly um they they had huge losses on their books and the federal regulators didn't call them on it. Oh, if I can interrupt, if I can interrupt one second, I'm sorry. I just want to sure. insert something there. Just be just because, like, this reminds me. Uh, Meta, who is the parent company of Facebook, just announced another like ten thousand jobs that they're cutting. Uh, hmm. So being being completely vested in, in Silicon Valley and in tech companies instead of being diversified in uh in in what you're investing in everything that's it's not great it's not a good look um (laughs) so so yeah this is all problems with the management of the bank Mm -hmm. and uh, they've grown really fast they were 50 billion dollar bank you know four years ago so those are serious yeah yeah they grew like in four years so um, so it was the, you know, not doing banking 101, which they didn't move to reduce the, the, the gap between what they paid depositors versus what they were getting for interest. Mm-hmm. Concentrated one industry, huge losses on our books, and nobody raised a flag or called them on it. They should have been called on it, and they didn't do anything about it. And the fourth one's the most interesting of all. They had 87% of their deposits were uninsured, 87 yeah, and forty percent is more normal. So nobody called them on that either. Oh my god! So that's kind of the the four things that you know the former head of the FDIC and the guru of banking industry, Steve Leisman, had to say about why the management was at fault. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Mike. What were you going to say? Well, part of the issue is that a lot of Silicon Valley businesses are operating with investment capital, you know, like people 
you angel know, investors and well, yeah, and like hedge that. funds yep. and all this venture capitalist people and whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's just these big chunks of money getting dumped in and out. And if you're a company and you're like, well, thank you, uh, investment guy, for this big check, we're going to deposit it now at our banks so that it's not stuffed into the cushion at work, you know, and like that's all good. But like if you get like a big check from you know, an investor like that, um, and it's sitting in the bank, you know, how much of it are you spending? At, uh, will the company be spending it once? Probably not all of it. And as soon as it's over $250,000, it's not covered uh, by the FDIC. Exactly. You know? And there are, I don't know, there, I know, I, I don't remember what they all are, but I mean, I know there are strategies you can take to like mitigate risk. One of which, though, is very simple. It's you open accounts at several different banks and then yeah. you put 200 because it's not like, you know, 250K per company or per individual. It's per account at at a different bank. So, you know, uh, yeah. there's other yeah. banks out there. And you just park your money at a few other places and and you have much more protection. I mean, you know, if you if you've got ten million dollars, it's, you know, say in in liquid cash, it's going to be hard to do that. But, you know, that's that's a big part of it. And if um, you have ten million dollars, then give some to me. That's how you that's how you diversify. You give some of that to me and then I will put it into my (laughs) bank account and mm-hmm. we we would you wouldn't have to worry about that three million dollars, you know. I mean, that's that's easy, and I yes. will take on that responsibility <laughs> and that and that risk. So, um, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Um, <laughs> if you would like to uh, uh, diversify your money, um, and invest it in John Recorp, uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You are such going. a mensch throwing yourself on that <laughs> fiscal grenade. I for am everybody. I am falling on a sword here and I, I just yeah. I just love the people. You know, I'm just I'm just a giving <laughs> soul. Um so yes, contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Uh just send me your account information. Um I will forward I will also forward that along to this Nigerian prince that I know. So anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mike, you were saying off the air uh, that uh, the these banks were also um, invested in crypto. The, uh, well, I'd heard that more about Signature Bank than about mm. Silicon Valley Bank. But Sue, did you read somewhere that Silicon Valley was had, had yeah. a crypto portfolio? I mean, when they were given that crypto is like the brainchild of Silicon Valley, it would stand to reason, but. Yeah, there there was um, a fair fair amount, not a huge amount, but there was some cryptocurrency. They didn't attribute the failure to that, but they did say it was also another risk that they needed to, you know, yeah. they needed to manage against, which they didn't. But it wasn't a you know pr- a primary reason. But there was crypto at Sil- uh, Silicon Valley Bank. So well, yeah. I mean, that's certainly indicative of uh, uh, management failure. Plus, also, um, it's it's not really an asset that they can, you know, reliably cash in to like save the 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 bank or if they get into trouble like this. I mean, that's a that's a terrible thing to to 
but it you know to put a rainy day money in and try and diverse diversify out from u.s treasuries you know it's like mm. um yep. yeah, yeah. And, oh and i just i i just want to say also like just to point out the uh the they they had a lot of 10-year treasuries and they needed to spread their money around get some more short-term treasuries and whatnot in order to uh uh, balance out their portfolio and they didn't move quickly enough on that. And more to the point when they were like, wow, we need more cash because we have, you know, a liquidity crunch as they call it, you know, like <laughs> we need to have more cash on hand to cover people depositing and, you know, take, you know, taking withdrawals and, you know, coming to us and getting big, big chunks of money for payroll and everything like that. So, because that's one of the things banks do, by the way, is they'll give a company a line of credit so that, um, you know, uh, they can be sure that the payroll goes through smoothly because it might be like, well, the bank's only got 12000 in the in the bank today, but we know they're going to have more income the weekend. But uh, right now they need to make payroll and they're 3000 short. So whatever, you know, it's fine. Um, but all your deposits for too, like to, to float, float lines of credit right. and stuff like that. Right. So, so, uh, when they, they sold, uh, they sold a chunk of their, of their treasury portfolio to cover, uh, you know, cover those short-term cash needs. And then as required by federal regulation, they reported, Hey, we sold a bunch of treasuries and we effectively lost money because interest rates have gone up. And so we only got this instead of that and whatever, you know, and that for that was sort of the proximate cause because a lot of people were like, well, wait a minute. They, they, they just, uh, they just sold a bunch of treasuries. Uh Oh, that suggests they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the first domino that really fell. And then of course, yeah, everybody called everybody else up and was like, get your money out. So. <laughs> so um, you had yeah. a question or you wanted to, to, uh, to expand on the question you asked me at the end of the, the last half. Could you, could you do that for us? So it, one of the questions is, are the regulators, are we quick enough? How do you, how do you really handle the fact that the word travels so fast in the, in the new world, the new digital world? In fact, this is really the first bank run in the digital age. So it's, it's, it's you know, what are the obligations in terms of speech for people who got wind of it at the bank? I mean, the FDIC used to be very careful. If a bank was in trouble, they wouldn't publish that they were in trouble. They'd publish after they'd failed, but they'd, you know, work over the weekend to have somebody buy it at, you know, 60 cents on the dollar and all that. So what's, what's the obligation of sort of the, you know, freedom of speech around this and, and what people should do? Well, uh, like I, mean, I yeah, said, that's a good, that's like a good I, question. Yeah. I would just like to, to jump in and point out um, if you want to hear more about this, to, there was a great episode of Planet Money a few years ago that actually they went with FDIC people who were taking over a bank that failed. It's like five, oh, six nice. years ago, I think. But, you know, they yeah, actually cover amazing. the whole process of what they what their team goes in and, you know, like what they look for. And then when they say we're pulling the trigger, this is what they do. So it's, um, you know, to like basically maintain sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, a steady service so that for the most of the depositors at the bank, it really doesn't make a difference. Like the, the logo on the door changes, but 
you know, their actual money is safe and they can get it whenever they need and there's no hiccups. So anyway, I thought that was neat. Please, sorry, please, yeah. you know, sure. go ahead, John. Um, the, well, what I was saying is that, um, like my, my opinion was that people that, that just find out that there's, uh, issues at the bank and just tell their friends, I don't think that we have any recourse for telling people to not do that. You know, like we, they would have so to the, sign like a contract or something, but immediate too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's speech, you know, it's like, where, where would that end too? So, uh, there is, there are moral, um, implications. Like should a large media company say like, Hey, get your money out of here. You know, like should, should they do that? But the, the opposite side of that is if you work at that bank, you are privy to that knowledge. Like you're going to be the first to hear no matter who you are. If you are working for that bank, I don't think you should, you should be able to do that. Like you shouldn't you know, they, clue anybody they in. Do they do prevent people in a bank from talking about the customers. You know, mm -hmm. you can't say, oh, by the way, they used to have money in the bank and now they're on fumes. You know, you just they they do swear you to secrecy on that. So I guess it's sort of the same thing. At least on policy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting, Mike. What what do you think on that on that on that front? Uh, I think should uh, should people me. be told? You know, should you be warned that you have risk or you don't have risk or I don't know. Um, I think any news organization that you know either happens across or digs up a story about a troubled financial institution and doesn't report on it, uh, you know, either, either, you know, they're not in the business of reporting on finance at all. You know, like, you know, I, nobody would expect WEEI sports radio in Boston to be like, you know, <laughs> like, oh my science gosh. today, like there is right. a run on the bank and this is right. why that, that is impacted by the weather or something like the weather channel. Like there's right, a, exactly. there's a tornado because, Sophie, like <laughs> online bank, like lost like money. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, dumb. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's not a thing. Bloomberg over the last few days, they've been screaming. No, I, I don't really watch <laughs> yes. Bloomberg. Yeah. Oh my god, they're like, <laughs> oh, and now this other bank and blah blah blah. And what's the federal? Reason? I, they're like chickens with their oh, heads cut like, off. I think it's <laughs> it's so it's like when uh when there's a hurricane and the Weather Channel yeah. just goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this is what this they is, live for. <laughs> right. This is Bloomberg's equivalent of like sending the planes into the chase the storms, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. They have a guy like just in a parka inside the bank and he's just and there's just money flying everywhere. It's like Claude, I can't I think that there's a run on the bank. I Yeah. Oh my They've god, got, what how did that cow fly past here? <laughs> so they've got a couple of guys they got a couple of guys off camera hitting them with squirt guns you know it's just like oh it's getting really heavy it's out really here. terrible john john oh my god the creditors got him pray for his family <laughs> anyway oh but, no he they his his family has money in that bank oh no <laughs> but well and as as far as that goes like Here's the thing. Most people don't have more than a quarter of a million dollars in any particular bank account. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I certainly don't. 
we and, uh, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I'm a bit well wealthier than most people, but like I don't. Well, it, you want you it know. to be insured too, <laughs> right? Yeah. So again, you know, like if 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 I actually had, um, well, <clears throat> I actually do have like more than one bank account because like I years ago I set up one where I was like, man, I should put some money aside in case I need to repair the roof or whatever, you know? So I'd salt a little money in there every month or whatever, you know? And, and now that I'm like, I really need to replace the siding. Oh, great. There's $6,000 in there. Excellent. <laughs> That'll pay for that. Hooray! And, and that was basically just me. Like, you know, I'm putting this money in an envelope and tucking it in the back of the desk and not touching it so that I am forced to save it. You know, it's the mm -hmm. same kind of idea just on paper. But like, you know, if I, you know, suddenly got a big pile of cash dropped in my lap, uh, you know, and I, I wasn't able to, you know, contact, you know, email contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Thank you very to, like, much. Share it with <laughs> diversify. Diversify. Yeah, I diversify. diversify you know, and I'm like, di oh. it's diversify because I'm black. So like it's it's diverse. That's true. So that's true. <laughs> that's, yeah. oh, a twofer. A twofer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm so. I, like I said, I'm a man of the people. Give me your money. Anyway, please continue. Well, I just say the I, I so I say, yeah, the people who work at the bank, I think, have a fiduciary responsibility to keep their mouths quiet, you know, keep, keep their mouth shut and not spook investors and whatever, mm -hmm. because sometimes banks are in trouble. You know, there's they're skating on thin ice and they make it through in part yeah. because there wasn't a run on the bank. It's true. And so. You know, keeping mum is is a very sensible approach for the employees of the bank. But anybody else, you know, I don't think I don't think it's incumbent upon depositors to keep their mouths shut. I don't think it's incumbent on media organizations to not report on this. I do think that there are responsible and irresponsible ways of reporting on it. <clears throat> um, but I mean, it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, like if if you know, Bloomberg or CNBC or whatever was like, oh, my God, you know, uh, uh, Bob Bank of, of Jonesville is going under. Get your money out now. Oh, my Get God, Bob the Bank. Car. You know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And, and saying, like, there should be a run on this bank that like is I that related to Joseph A. Bank. Yes, it is. Actually. Oh, yeah. OK, cool. That's his brother. One of them um, is way better dressed. Yeah. <laughs> so like like that's a thing but um even then the issue would be like the bank itself or if it goes under you know the successor corporations you know could sue the news outlet for like your you know egregious reporting amounted to tortuous interference with our business and that triggered the bank failure and you're responsible for these losses because they were triggered by your responsible behavior, you know, and that's an argument that goes to court and lawyers litigate and it goes to trial and, you know, somebody wins, somebody loses, some money changes hands and it gets sorted out because that that's what our civil court procedure uh, uh, system is there to handle that kind of financial injury and adjudicating it so uh sue so, what are you gonna say i don't think media true. organizations should be restricted okay yeah, yes. if it's true right, I, I think they're insulated if it's true right i don't yeah i don't think it's they're insulated if it's the truth that they were in trouble yeah. but it is a problem in this digital age where no. it goes so fast right 
Well, the regulators couldn't respond. I mean, I have the solution, actually. Um, But first, I just want to say, like, it's so fast, not just because of communication, but because of how fast financing works in this new age. Like, it's it's not like through the phone or through the fax. They they actually position servers in specific places around the country because that is the that will that will shave off like a millisecond off of a trade that they're trying to do. Like there, there are massive Good servers point. in the stock exchange because companies yeah. like want to be able to trade like quickly, and all of this money is moving back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth over like through the internet. So you want to be close because you know information does have a speed limit. So shortening that distance will make you more money. The other thing is the solution to the digital age and all this communication going so fast is to not have an issue. <laughs> Don't do bad things. And then you won't have to worry. <laughs> Don't be dumb. Don't invest in crypto as a bank. Yeah. Stop it. Like that, that's the solution. Like we need to implement these, these controls that we had before. We have to make sure that when when someone is running a bank, that they're running it correctly, and then we need to regulate them, and we need to test them and check up on them regularly, and we need to fund the people that are supposed to be doing these sorts of things. And if we do all that, then there won't be an issue. Or if there is, it'll be very, very, very rare, and it won't be as huge, I, you know? Mike, I, I agree. Especially we need what we need to uh have more financial regulators we need to beef up the sec to manage you know to oversee like stocks and bonds markets and mm-hmm. all those trading uh, uh uh operations and also uh you know probably we need more support at the fdic though i mean the fdic is a pretty well-run organization from what i have seen but yes. know, i could be wrong and i and i just want to say if if i had had money at silicon valley bank personally I wouldn't have worried because I'm like, well, I don't have more than 250,000. I know the FDIC has got my back. So like, if this blows up, I got my, uh, my money will be fine. I'll get it. Just get it and put it somewhere else. It'll be fine. There you go. You know? So that's, and that's part of what the whole banking insurance system is designed to do. What worries me about it is uh, the FDIC and, uh, and uh, I think the SEC and uh, just, uh, and I think another organization, government organization as well, just saying, oh, you know, you just we're going to make sure all the investors are OK. And it's like, oh, OK, so uh, no consequences for really rich people who are foolish with their money. Yeah, that's well, it's that, a really rich company. that is not going to end well for us when you have an insurer that's and it's FDIC. The way they actually covered the Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank is they they're taking it out of FDIC even though they don't charge enough rates to cover the other 87%. So it's very yeah. interesting because it really is a bailout and you know the rules are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you know, they mm-hmm. they they do you know, this for a reason. You know what this really reminds me of? 
It reminds me of all these people that when people were underwater with their house or they were losing money or something saying, oh, you should have had savings. You should have had like money to to take care. And in the lean times, this is all your fault. And now we're going like, oh, no, we don't have enough money to cover the yeah. things. Please give us money. Shut up. That's enough. Shush, shush you. Like if we if we want to increase it to five hundred thousand dollars because our economy's in, in the tank, then sure. But when you have well, like fifty billion dollars like in the in the bank, like you need to take care of your money. And maybe well, the and bank can have their own insurance or something, but the federal government shouldn't be bailing out like all this all this money because someone was dumb. You know, well, there are also there are other alternative, uh, uh, you know, additional sort of insurance schemes banks can get into. There uh, are. And I guess Silicon Valley didn't use them. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah. Sue, you got the last word. Yes, the 16th largest bank. And the real problem is socializing losses and privatizing gains. That was one of the bankers. And I thought that's a perfect hey, summary man. of the problem. Yep. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. And Sue, work. welcome to uh, being a socialist. I'm glad that you finally <laughs> made it. You took the long way around, but you know what? Come on in. We we have great snacks because we all brought in some for everybody to share. So thank you so much for listening to Civil Politics. Up next, we have Table of Contents and OK Asia and Subculture right after us. Um, remember, if you want to hear a podcast of our show, then you can go to civilpoliticsradio.com. So thank you, Sue. And thank you, one of the few Mike Dows. In one the of world. the one of one one of the best Michael Dow's around. One of one of <laughs> if not the. I don't want to be immodest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, but, now you start doing it. anyway. Also, if you like this now, you should listen to us all over again Mondays at 4 p.m. Thank you very much for reminding me. We do have a repeat at 4 p.m. here, WXOJOP. Thank you for listening and good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.